What's up, everybody? This is Phil Rogacki. And I'm Jared Abergina. You're listening to Two Tree Guys Podcast. What's up, everybody? Phil Rogacki here with another episode from Two Tree Guys. Thank you for listening. We got Mr. Eric Saunders with us today at the Arbor Fest. But before we get into hearing about his story, uh, we're going to ask, pay the fee. You know, uh, it's uh, I'm not asking you to send money, but if you do, we appreciate it. But you like it. You thought it was funny. You got something out of it. Share it, you know, share it, put it on your page and that, you know, this is how we grow the show. Uh, this is how we get more people uh, like Eric to come in the studio and get on front of this mic and, and tell their their story and their wisdom and and the history uh, of themselves and and kind of the future for where they're going to go. So we appreciate you being here, man. Have you done a podcast before? I have not. Dude, first podcast. All right, That's man. Sure. Well, welcome, welcome. So let's jump right into it. Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and, and how you got in the industry. All right. Well, I'll try to keep it all brief because it has <laughs> been, it's been a storied career. Um, I went to Penn State back in 1986, okay. 87 for forestry. First experience tree climbing at a mm -hmm. forestry course but uh, why'd you want to get into forestry i've always been an outdoor kid yeah and it's just kind of funny all my, my both my parents are educators indoor people okay. teachers and uh i just kind of knew i knew what i wanted was yeah. to always be outdoors so when everybody else was picking a career i was looking for one that was outside gotcha um and of course back then nobody questioned going to college i just went to college mm -hmm. and so went to penn state for a while parties were uh, way too much for this kid <laughs> and so i i was not able to pay attention oh, but man. i did pay attention at the tree climbing course and um long story short college was too much for me gotcha. and i and i kind of dropped out on the, on the encouragement of a professor so they this is professor you. ken swisher at penn state back in 1988 must have been and he said son you need to leave college what? Because now, you why are wasting your parents' money, <laughs> and I watched you put that tree climbing gear and climb up that tree with no instruction. Uh huh. And he said, "You need to call this man." And, really? And, and if you're going to drop out of school, call him, and he'll teach you. He'll give you a job. And that was Foreman and Biller Tree Service, Arlington, Virginia. And they claim that they taught Jim Davy how to climb back in 1917 or something. Holy crap! So I got in on some old wow old guys wow um and and this professor ken yeah uh was he teaching the forestry he was department teaching the, the forestry department the climbing yep. I mean, where, where did he get his start that i have no idea i don't huh. remember because he was an old guy then so i'm thinking he's still around i'm thinking probably not because huh. he was probably 70s then yeah interesting but yeah he steered me right it was yeah. kind of funny he just said i know you got natural ability i don't want to give up on you but you got to get some stuff straightened out yeah so the stuff didn't get straightened out for a long time, but I did find tree work and I uh, got trained luckily by a man who preferred arborists and arboriculture back in the nineties when that wasn't even really talked about. But, and so there were hardly any certified that? arborists at that Who's point. That Ken Biller or Ken uh, James Biller. James Biller. And yeah, you can look him up cause he is an old time fella at the ISA. Gotcha. Like he's probably like number four. Wow. 
for the have certified you, have you talked to him? I have not. It's been so long. You should call him. It's been a long time. But yeah, he's he, probably not with us either. But no? Maybe. Uh, okay. Maybe. He may have been pickled enough to be around still. <laughs> pickled enough. I like yeah. that. Um, so now what? So then I'm going to just fast forward real quick. Doing tree work there. Um, he really liked me, Mr. Biller, yeah. as a young man. And I would, he gave me a foreman job at like 19 years old, which didn't really... Mm-hmm. Didn't really have that that skill set yet, but yeah. it kind of helped develop that. Um, and I think he just knew I kind of was a natural leader with men anyway, working mm-hmm. in the field. Because mm-hmm. uh, I guess I had that quality that a lot of people need to have, which is I'm not willing to make somebody else do something that I'm not willing to do. Good. I'm going to do it. Good. Dig the ditch, yeah. climb the tree, whatever it is. Yeah. Shovel poo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, fast forward, I worked at Arlington National Cemetery after working for Mr. Biller for a while. Okay. He referred me to this government job that was coming up. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was doing, so he basically filled out the application, got me hired by the government, worked at Arlington National Cemetery under the horticulturalist there yeah. until 1993. Okay. And at that point, I was already a certified tree climber, and I wish I had my patch. I'm number 004, Holy which is shit. why I said that guy would be four. <laughs> Number four, Arborist. I am the fourth certified tree climber ever. Wow. Which doesn't mean squat because the test was so easy. <laughs> you know, we had to like tie two knots and like ring a bell. Yeah. You know, and it was like, it was so fast and easy. And they're yeah. like, oh, son, you're a certified tree maintenance worker is what we were called then. <laughs> like, okay. We weren't even glorified with certified climber. We were certified mm-hmm. tree maintenance workers. Gotcha. And that was the early day in the ISA. Okay. Yeah. But that got me indoctrinated into doing it right learning science, learning from Dr. Shigo, God rest him, you know, the guru of science and innovation in our industry got me to be safe from, from going, working in, uh, the Arlington cemetery. That's where that's making you, Hey, you need to be a certified tree worker. You need to go through this. So that going to forestry, getting from, uh, uh, Ken, you know, kind of teaching you that education started Arlington. Now you're on this path of, of learning. Yeah. Yep learning and being really fired up for just the nuts and the bolts of it. Like I love chainsaws. I loved cutting wood. Always loved that. I loved working hard mm-hmm. and I loved getting off the ground. Now, where do you, why do you, why do you think that drives, where, where does that drive come from mm, in your look, life? Looking back, it's, it's easier to say that a lot of that was my response to like early ADHD kind of symptoms yeah. that I needed to stay busy and I knew it. And my grandfather told me, you have to stay busy. Yeah. Because I was driving everybody crazy. And that was before. Do you still drive people crazy? Absolutely. <laughs> good, good. But in a little more controlled, <laughs> con- a little more controlled specific way now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, so anyway, I, I think there's some of that. Um, I think the, the hunger for knowledge comes from my parents being educators and teachers, being very mm-hmm. intelligent people. Um, you mm-hmm. know, my mom's a PhD. Uh, my dad does all kinds of stuff with education. What they think of you getting tree tree care? They they were all for it. Yeah, good. They really were because they could tell I liked it. Yeah, because they, they could tell I was jazzed. And yeah. so you know, kudos to my parents yeah. for, you know, realizing that this kid was a little different, needed to stay busy, needed good. something to do with his hands, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, so yeah, so where were we then? So then I I got hired on at Arlington National Cemetery, like I said, mm-hmm. Department of the Army. And that was a really cool job mm-hmm. working in those trees, working in some of the most famous trees in the country really because awesome. I, I got to climb the taft oak 
I got to climb the Arlington Oak, got to update the lightning protection, wow. got to, you know, really see um, firsthand the whole circle of like everything from turf to trees. So that, mm-hmm. that was really cool. And then um, I was kind of tired of it and I ran away in 93, moved to Northern California. Yeah. Yeah. And out there, um, we're at? totally on my own. I moved to a little place called Dinsmore, which is off Highway 36. Okay. Um, about, it's about 75 miles from Eureka. Okay. On Highway 36. Gotcha. Up in God's country. <laughs> it's beautiful and, uh, up there. Out there, I did not do much tree work. I was running away from my own problems. Yeah. And I was also wanting to live in Northern California as a tree man mm-hmm. in the redwoods. Um, you know, just far from the redwoods, but close enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. Awesome experience. I did wildland firefighting out there. So I was How like, long did you live out there? From 93 to 2000. Wow. Good, so good I always like safe time. jobs. Yeah. Tree climbing, firefighting in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was on the rescue squad out there too. Okay. Uh, it was so remote that you kind of had to be on the rescue squad if you ever wanted to get rescued. Mm-hmm. because they needed to know where you lived <laughs> and they didn't know who you were yeah. unless you were on the rescue squad. <laughs> so it was kind of part of that. Um, and I'm just going fast, fast forward through those seven years yeah. because it wasn't a lot of tree work going on, although I did have an interesting interaction with Mr. Sillett, who wrote that book, mm-hmm. Tall Trees. This mm-hmm. was back in 97. I met a guy named Michael Taylor. Shout out to Michael Taylor if he's still out there. He was running around with, was that guy's name Steve Sillett? The first tree measurer of the Redwoods. And he was physically measuring them for real before we had, really? you know, laser ways of measuring the trees and everything. He was climbing them and mm-hmm. offered me an opportunity to help with this project. But it was volunteer and I had three kids living off grid and I didn't volunteer for anything away from the home. Yeah. Unless there was yeah. money involved. Yeah. So that didn't happen. And then, you know, fast forward today, this is an internationally recognized book. Uh-huh. I can't remember even what the name is on the podcast, but I think it was called Tall Trees. Tall or Trees. The Tall okay. Trees by Steve Sillett. And he's pretty sure he was a Californian. But that was just kind of interesting that I passed on that. Um, while I was out there, I did some cre- pretty innovative stuff. Um, I was doing some wildlife habitat work. So we would mm-hmm. climb dug fir trees go up 140 feet blow the top out make a raptor habitat that was crazy the, stuff the, there was just a gentleman on the last show and he uh he was talking about that that's something he wants to do it was you know, wild he, he thought it was wild he wants to come to california and do exactly what you just said well back in 97 there was like only one person that was teaching people how to do it and this guy was crazy he'd already fallen out of trees like twice i don't remember his name he mm-hmm. owned a logging company out of oregon and he was doing this Bureau of Land Management contract. Back then it was called Jobs in the Woods. Okay. So if you wanted to research it, it was Jobs in the Woods while Clinton gotcha. was in office and he wanted to help retrain loggers and people living out in the woods. And I was like, well, I are like a logger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm half logger, half, you know, environmentalist and uh, tree climber, chainsaws, you know, but, um, but love our environment too, so. Kind of got into that as well. Man, you've, you've been no doubt. all over and met some influential yeah. people in really your life did. Yeah. to really kind of direct you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to say that I actually got to meet Alex Shigo is pretty cool. Yeah, um, absolutely. Jim Diller, these other guys, the horticulturalist at the cemetery. His name was Jim mm-hmm. Deal, D-I-E-H-L. 
What a wealth of knowledge. Man, he taught me more. He forgot more about fertilizer than any of us will ever know. Because he was the horticulturalist. Yeah. Like he was responsible for the grass looking good, the flowers looking good, wow. the trees looking good. And the people that lived at the cemetery didn't complain, as you, <laughs> the residents didn't, but yeah. the general sure shit did. Yeah. And so they always complain. Generals do that. That's their yeah. job. They complain. Right. They just make it look really powerful. <laughs> So from California, being out there, yeah, seven years, yeah, you came back. So now I've got three kids. Financially, California wasn't working for us. Living in the woods with three kids—it doesn't work for anybody living there. Yeah, that's yeah. where I live. Yeah. yeah, it just didn't work. So moved back. I was starting to have dreams about wood chippers. Called a guy. Called several companies that I had known. Now, mind you, I'm a certified tree climber, yeah. certified tree maintenance worker, so I was using that to my advantage. And um, knew how to climb, still climbed, just didn't do a lot of it out west, only on the side. Um, called around, set up an interview from California in the early days of the internet, set up an interview and was like, well, should I fly back to Northern Virginia, where we're from anyway? Me yeah. and my, my wife then, we were both from there. And so it was kind of easy, seamless. Went back, had an interview, guy offered me, I was in the year 2000 he offered me 21 bucks an hour to come and move from california and he was going to pay my moving expenses mm. if i signed a one-year contract and i was like done so nice. what company was that uh audubon vtm arborists audubon of, yeah audubon, audubon just like audubon day okay um right out of uh alexandria virginia gotcha. pretty big company for back then it was like 2.5 million a year nice um and so then the next blessing was that i got to work with them because those two owners knew their stuff. They just knew it. It was such a good company. The one owner that ran the crew was a crew leader his whole life. Mm -hmm. Tree climber, Steve Piccinino, shout out to my buddy. <laughs> and um, I mean, he was awesome. Great, great boss. Of course you have issues with your bosses, but, but he was great. And he knew it from the guy's perspective. The other boss was a total brain, mm -hmm. wizard like forestry wizard. Yeah. So I got to learn the ins and outs of doing tree work on the business end from them. Started doing estimates. And then I was encouraged to quit and start my own business, which I did. They encouraged I, you to quit? Yeah, I, I told them I had an opportunity to, to start running somebody else's business. And they basically said, we don't want to lose you, but we encourage you to do it because okay. you, you would be a good business owner. So then boom, next thing I know, I'm Atlas Tree incorporated out of Fairfax, Virginia, running my own deal. And that started in 2004. So this, this company already existed. And then yep. you got in to start. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. And I knew him. Now, why did they want to give it over to you to run it? So basically, I became a contract climber back in the early days before that was even a term. Yeah. Um, but on the weekends, I would climb and I would do big nasties that were very technically yeah. challenging. And, you know, back then, again, I thought... I was the bee's knees. I was making like 350, 400 a day. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, it doesn't get any better than yeah. that. But then I got to do all of the nasties. Mm -hmm. So I got to meet all these people who were like, man, this guy's really good. He's safe. He's productive, you know, mm -hmm. and, and he's into his job. Yeah. And so you ought to hire him if you've got nasty trees. <laughs> and so that got old quick. Yeah. But all these guys knew my reputation. This guy that I'm talking about now. Tony Stathopoulos uh, started Atlas Tree okay. in Fairfax, Virginia. I started working with him. Then he moved to 
Was he looking to get out? Yeah, he was looking to move. He moved to Wilmington, North Carolina. So he's like, I'm going to be For leaving. family reasons. Right? He's like, why don't you do Atlas Tree, Virginia, and I'll run Atlas Tree, Wilmington. And then just after a few months, I was like, this this isn't how we need to do this. Yeah. Let me just buy your part. And uh, it worked out great. My parents came in and helped because I was also divorced now. Mm-hmm. And things were getting hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like living was getting yeah. hard. Three kids, divorced, and doing tree work, starting a company. But it was pretty much put in my lap, so I had to look at it as a blessing, not, you know, Would a you curse. do it any different no. if you could go back? Nope. On this? No. There's things I would, but not this. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it happened beautifully. Yeah. You know, and then next thing I know, got my own business, start hiring guys. Things were great till the recession in 08. And still then, Atlas Tree? Yep, still. Atlas Tree, and then things really got bad and hard. And yeah. So then I started going back to doing it all myself instead of having a crew and a half. Yeah. Um, and did that all the way up until I started visiting Asheville, North Carolina, taking brief vacations. And then this place just captured my attention. And this place? Yeah, Asheville from, did. Okay. Because now, comparatively, is, yeah. the mountains of North, of North Carolina, WNC are very similar to Northern California, mm-hmm. just diminutive, right? We're 5,000 feet out there, we're 3,000 feet out here, but the, the water, the rivers, the creek systems, the wildlife, the wild, untamed So if parts. I remove anywhere, I should move from there to Yeah, and Good we job. don't burn like Northern California burns. Being a wildland firefighter, I had to move from there because it was untenable, yeah. because we're doing it wrong. We're waiting for fires to start and then putting them out instead of taking the fuel out of the damn equation. So I had to move. And that's one of the other things that got yeah. me to get out of California. I loved it, but I just couldn't put up with all that. So, so what happened after 2008 and you yeah, know, So that just hard. made everything hard, made life harder. Uh, it was harder to do tree work. I was, felt like I was paying more in taxes and payroll tax, trying to be legitimate, a legitimate business. And yeah. it was like being legitimate was putting me out of business. So basically, um, I sold it, Gotcha. sold our house and kind of did this Abraham adventure, like out of the Bible, where I kind of heard a whisper of like, go to this place. Uh-huh. <laughs> I might have something for you. And I did that. And we sold the place, sold the business, didn't have a job. Shout out to Asheville Arborists. Nick Maidman said he would hire me on. That just didn't materialize. Mm-hmm. But it was a positive that made me feel like, oh, we should move. Cause yeah. you know, I got work there. And of course, as a, then I was like 49 mm-hmm. as a 49 year old, <laughs> young strapping climber, <laughs> God, but really I had no fear and yeah. still don't, but yeah. I just don't production climb now. Cause I grew, gotcha. I growed up two years ago and now I don't production climb. Gotcha. I stopped at 52. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'd like to say I stopped because so I didn't get hurt, but yes. I got hurt and I was like, okay, that's it. It's all now the numbers are against me because if I get hurt again, yeah, may, might not be a so third what you, time. So what are you doing right now? So I work for Carolina Tree Monkeys. So shout out to Trevor Clavette okay. for hiring me on. I was still climbing. Yeah. Um, but he hired me on once I moved here and um, helped run his crew and climb and just am an older guy. And was he was watching me transition with injuries and was like, hey, why don't you sell work for me? Because I was basically like, hey, I just got hurt. I'm good. I'm done. 
Yeah. I'm going to go home and lick my wounds. And he's like, well, go home and lick your wounds. But in the meantime, why don't you sell some work too? <laughs> there you go. So now I'm selling work and that's all I'm doing. Good. How do you and like it? I, I love it. It's a beautiful thing because I don't have the stress of being the owner yeah. and the guy wearing all the hats. I can just go out and focus on selling work. Yeah, and, and that's that's awesome to hear because it is, you know, there's there's different parts of the, that team, yep. you know, and it's hard to wear all the hats. It's hard to worry oh, about paying the impossible. bills and wear this. And sometimes you have to, yeah. but, uh, you know, I, I own my own company and uh, sometimes I go, sometimes I just want to be a number two yeah. and not worry about all it's this. It's a beautiful thing. And just, Focus on selling, right. enjoying that. So I, I commend you for that. But I don't think you learn it unless you, you go through it. You don't. I, I, I start getting you taste you get with kicked that between your legs every day, and <laughs> yeah. it almost starts feeling good after. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just got, oh, that right. hurt a little bit, but I like it. Okay, keep going, keep yeah. moving yeah, forward. Yeah, that's right. You just can't stop. You just got to keep going, keep going, keep yeah. going yep. for that. So what, where do you see yourself? Where, where's the future? What's the future hold for you, Eric? Well, um, the other reason I moved out here was because there's more land available and mm -hmm. I've always wanted to have some land. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I, I know just enough to be dangerous, uh, in a lot of areas. Mm -hmm. So, um, I bought 12 acres in old Fort and the plan is to build whatever it needs to be. It's a home for now. Um, it's a farm in the making and an Airbnb Super in the making, cool. but Good. If the government keeps effing with me, it's going to be a compound. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, it can just be a homestead. Good, good. Uh, but I love Old Fort. It's awesome. It's a great growing environment, so mm -hmm. I can grow anything there. and um, All year long. Yeah. Any, and I got a tractor smell? just last year. Very little. Yeah. So just got a tractor. We're growing. We're uh, 7A for our uh, hardiness zone, okay. which means pretty much anything can go perennial, but you can get your deep frost. Gotcha. So artichokes are perennial uh, in mm -hmm. Old Fort, but you got to cover them. So mm -hmm. Fortunately, like the two I had got vaporized this year. Oh, they didn't cover them. But, so that's what's in it for me. I, I'm going to continue to sell work. Uh, the culture at Carolina Tree Monkeys is great. Um, Trevor's an incredibly good um, tree climber, mm -hmm. very productive, very talented, and he's younger, so mm -hmm. he's SRT. And yeah. it's easier for him to train guys because I'm a double rope guy. Yeah. So I can teach rigging and crane work big time because I've done so much crane work. And it doesn't really matter how you get up there, really. Yeah. Once you're cutting huge yeah. cuts, that's all the same. Mm -hmm. You know, it's how the thing Good. comes off the cut that yeah. matters, not the knot you're using to stay tethered yeah. to the tree. But, but so um, I can see staying involved there uh, part time. Cause that's what I'm doing now. Car Carolina tree monkeys. The funny thing is I went to Starbucks this morning and I was waiting in line and the girl came and was like, what are, you, what are you doing? I said, it's a, uh, it's called Arbor Fest, you know, tree climbers and tree care industry come together and training and vendors and stuff. She goes, Oh, tree, tree work. Okay. Yeah. She goes, it's funny. My mom, they always call it tree monkeys. Yeah. And I, she, I go, really? That's a name. And it was this morning. Yeah, tree monkeys. That's that's what we call it here. So it's funny to hear that. And then the company, Tree Monkeys. I'm like, maybe it is. You know, I here. don't know what Trevor knew. Yeah, but he's he's local and grew up around here. And yeah. I don't know what he knew, but that name is so catchy. And Gosh. his logo. That's is a logo fantastic. right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, um, yeah. On here. Don't too, take off the, your clothes here. On the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you no. know, I'm a tree guy. I just want to show it up. Uh, that yeah. little monkey logo. Yeah. That's nice. sweet. That's cool. Yep. So he's got a great work culture, and I can see staying involved there. Um, the the crew foreman right now 
a young guy named Charlie. He's doing a great job. Everybody's stepping up. They're training new guys. Um, new guys are becoming climbers. New climbers are becoming second climbers, closer to top climbers is, you know, the terminology yeah. we use a lot. Top climber can do it all. First climber, whatever you, you know, terminology is. But, and that's what you need to do in, in tree culture. You got to be bringing in the young guys. You got to teach them. You got to teach them soon because they're eager on day one to learn to tree climb. And if you do like we used to do, it would be like, guess what? Shut up. You're going to do groundwork for a year and you're going to like it. And if you don't, you can leave. Yeah. We'll and then after else. a year, we might trust you enough to put you in a tree. You're taking the words right out of right? my mouth. And in this culture nowadays, it's better. I was talking to another young guy. Well, and David O'Neill too. Shout out to him. He's in this training culture where that's in essential because we got to capture the interest early, especially yeah. with these younger people, because it seems like you lose interest we, real quick. We, we need to change our culture of that. You yeah. know, it's got to be fun all the time. Not like it looks fun. And then, oh, I'm going to have to yeah. eat poo for a long time before I get to do anything fun. And that's, you know, yourself, other people that get in the industry, that's normally how they learn. Yeah. Throw you out there. Cross yeah. your fingers, you don't that's die. Right. That's right. Uh, you're going to get hazed and beat up by your crew to see if you're tough enough <laughs> yeah, to be a right. tree guy. And that's if you right. can make it, that's right. you're going you're gonna, to, we'll teach you how to climb one day. But I can't yeah. teach you too much because if I teach you too much, you're, you're going to make too much. You're going to go somewhere else and make more money. And so I got to keep you right here Yeah. instead of focusing on the individual and for them that's right. and teaching them. And guess what? If they leave, they get to take that and put that in Florida. Go put yep. that knowledge in North yep. Carolina, in California, and our That's industry right. gets better like that. So it's yeah. all of us. It's David O'Neill. It's yourself and individuals that start changing this culture for the younger generations that are coming in and yeah. giving them you not have to go through what other people have gone through to get into this industry for that. Yeah. You know? And I tell you, I feel for so many people that would have made excellent tree care professionals. Yeah. But one of those things that you said happened. They got hazed or the guy was like, hey, You're like, I'm not doing this. Hey, I'm out. Come here and work like my first tree job. I was making seven dollars an hour. <laughs> I thought I was really cool when I was making 1070 at the government working for the government. Mm -hmm. I mean, 1070 an hour, you know, and now and our wages are changing, which is good to see, too. Mm -hmm. We're not changing yeah. enough. Our industry is changing. Not enough, you know, but at least finally people can look at us as professionals you know because back in those days it was hey if it was two guys in a truck and a chainsaw mm -hmm. you could move you could make build fences dig ditches you could you know yep. do house repair remodeling and, and i do tree work and right? i do, tree, like, I do oh, it all <laughs> and, oh god so let me let me ask you you yeah. know uh being in california and some of these influential people that you've had contacts with contact with and training from and leadership from and they invested in you you've gained a lot of knowledge over these years yep. from california from west coast to east coast yeah. what kind of wisdom or kind of information that you can give people in the industry in life in general that helps them out on their drive to work today of something that they can take and mm -hmm. you know be better today than they were yesterday i think if I really did have to drop something like that, um, I don't take that lightly. If it's something that can sort of transfer life, living, working, um, whether you have a family or not, no matter how old you are, I think 
the thing that I needed to know. It took me the longest to figure out on my own uh, with, with the help of others, but it would have been great to know this early is every single thing you do needs to be intentionally chosen. You're not yeah. some piece of driftwood in the vicious ocean of life or worse, you're not a piece of um, meat <laughs> yeah. floating in the ocean, even though you are a piece of meat. Um, we, we have we have intentionality being human beings. And I just kind of went with the flow in college, got totally strung out on drugs and alcohol because everybody did. Chased girls, you know, all that stuff. And um, was angry at myself didn't understand all that until I understand intentionality and how to like make real conscious choices about everything. The only thing we don't choose is breathing. That's going to happen involuntarily mm -hmm. um, and your heart beating. And, and so maybe the small part on that, the caveat would be figure out who makes that beat mm -hmm. and who makes you breathe and thank that source. I like that. That, that's where I'd have to leave. That is good, my friend. That is that is good. And uh, some people are thinking right now, uh, and I appreciate I you. So. Share, I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, I, like I always say on these podcasts, you, the words you use, the words you say today, and to somebody, um, this is going out to the whole world. Yeah, that's and who cool. knows where this floats and goes and shares and. That's that right. to get to that right person to help them out today. And it should that. be noted that I bumped into David just what ten minutes before this podcast. <laughs> Never been on a podcast before in my life. Yeah, and he's now, like, now and he's like, "Come are... here, come here, come here. You got to get on this podcast." And I was uh, like, "On a what? Yeah, what is a podcast? What is that? I, mean, I know what them is." <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate you, yeah, Eric. I appreciate uh, you too. I appreciate you being here and getting on the show and uh, you know stepping yeah. out and. We'll you made a, you made an intentional choice to be on this How show today, that? you know, and uh, now there's other people that will get to yeah. benefit from your talk. So everybody, yeah. man, uh, everything you do has to be an intentional, intentionally chosen. So think about that today. And we appreciate everybody listening on the show. If you like it, share it. Uh, and remember, guys, uh, continue to elevate the standard of our industry through education, training and innovation. We appreciate everybody and have a great day. Bye.